So I had, uh, I had a question for both of you. Uh, how many alarms do each of you set in the morning in order to get yourself out of bed? Yeah, you before, before yeah. one, now no alarms. I have an 18-month-old get out. <laughs> who, usually, who usually literally kicks me out of bed. Oh, my uh, gosh. Well, congrats on the uh, on having a, a relatively new uh, child. Is it your first one? Yeah, yeah. Mm, that explains why you only used one alarm before, and now you've got, <laughs> you know, yes. an unlimited supply of alarms. <laughs> if it, if it's like a really really important one, like a flight or something, mm-hmm. I'll probably set two. But what I see really works is if I leave the phone in like the other room or the other end of the room where I have to physically get up oh, and go to mm-hmm. switch off the alarm. And that mm-hmm. usually is, is enough. I, I haven't had a case where I would just go back and, you know, go back to sleep. You're just using your phone though? Yeah. I, in my normal life and when things are optimal, right? I mean, because there's kind of a difference. When I'm not doing well, I usually have two alarms on my phone when things aren't going great. When my life is going how it should be, I don't use my my phone alarm. I shut off my phone at night. I put it in the other room to charge, and then I have an old school alarm clock. And the reason is because I found that when I was waking up, this started happening maybe a year ago. And it would make sense along with our growth, but uh, I was just angry. Because <laughs> the first thing I would do is I'd wake up, I'd look at my phone and see all the work that has to be done. And <laughs> it's just a bad habit. So I bought a old school alarm clock. I put the phone in the other room and then then, you know, I'm traveling right now, so it doesn't count. But normally it's like, okay, I decide when I start work, not the second I wake up and look at my phone. So mm. yeah, you're in Japan now. So the other room for you is within arm's distance. Yes. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> unfortunate. But Jake, uh, what about you? What, uh, what do you do with your alarm? That's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I, I do um, three normal alarms and then I do a fourth alarm. So uh, I'll explain. So alarm number one is the is is usually like 45 to 30 minutes um, before I should wake up. Um, then like 35 to 45 minutes later, like that's like the optimal time to wake up. Like this, this is the time you should wake up if you want to have a, um, you know, a pleasant morning. And then I have an alarm 15 minutes after that says, hey, you know, your, your, your pleasant morning time is is dwindling. And then my fourth alarm, I call the oh crap alarm. Um, mm. <laughs> that's the alarm where it's like, you're not going to have a pleasant morning. You got to get out of bed. You got to skip the shower. You got to go. Um, so so typically, typically three. I usually wake up on the third one. Or I wake up on the second one, and then I sit on my phone until the third one goes off. Um, you got you got dogs. Ilya, you got pets? Or do you not? Yeah. Do you have pets? Two do do do. dogs. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. What mm. kind of dogs do you have? They're they're both adopted, but I guess they're like Dachshund type of mix, Dachshund oh, okay. terrier sort of thing. Um, apparently, Dachshunds have many different colors, and ours are like not the not what you have in mind when you hear a Dachshund, but still count Ooh. as so. So not like black or brown. I no, one is brown. one is called one is called something like coffee, coffee and cream. Is oh. the name of that type Ooh. of color. So if you Google it, you can see what it looks like. And the other one is called wild boar. What? <laughs> That's exciting. These colors. I want to. I want to be on the color naming uh, team. <laughs> Committed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. 
All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll jump into it. So, um, as everybody knows, that we we have another guest on the podcast, and uh, today we're talking with Ilya Markov, who is um, with Toggle. And so, I figured, um, Ilya, I would let you kind of give yourself a proper introduction of who you are and what you do with Toggle, and and a little bit about uh, uh, Toggle in general uh, before we kick off the uh, the topic of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so jumping right in, Togo is, um, I, I guess, quite a familiar brand by now. But for, for those who don't know, it's a company that's uh, you know on a mission to create the best uh, productivity tools in the world. Uh, mostly known for one of the leading time tracking uh, tools uh, on the market. Uh, we also have a project management slash planning uh, tool called Togo Plan. Uh, not super inventive with the name, but it's, it's kind of <laughs> quite descriptive of what it does. And there's uh, there's another tool under the, the brand umbrella called uh, Toggle Hire, which is, you've guessed it, uh, helps companies uh, hire the best uh, talent in the world. Uh, the company has been around since 2008, I think it was started. Uh, fully remote from very early days. And you can really say it's, um, I'll share this in a second, but I've been on a few different remote companies now and Togo is by far the most diverse team I've been part of. And it's something that I really enjoy about the company as well, because just the the caliber of people and the the different backgrounds they come from is, is amazing. And I really enjoy, you know, working with these people, meeting with them and, and, and so on. How, how big is the, uh, the team and and just I can't remember if you said, but if you could clarify your specific role at Toggle too. Um, so my specific role is uh, marketing director. I lead mm-hmm. the, the marketing team. The whole company is over 120 people now. I wow. might be a bit off with with the exact number, but somewhere in that uh, vicinity. Okay, and they're all over the world. Is that right? Literally, uh, okay. even just the marketing team is split. I. Like that's how I often sell it to candidates who want to join us. The marketing teams is split between Malaysia and Mexico City, <laughs> uh, which is a which is a challenge because uh, it can be quite challenging to find a time that fits everyone for a meeting. Uh, it's not really a problem for us because we try to keep meetings to a minimum. Uh, so every <laughs> once in a while we get together, and we also get together physically a few times a year. Uh, we have meetups as a company or as a team mm-hmm. to kind of connect and see each other and and you know get everyone on the same page yeah i got got one more i just (laughs) i just thought of it and i don't want to forget it because i just realized too when you're talking about all these different places that people are working from so Ilya, you specifically your is english your native language or how many languages do you speak like what do you use is it at work you're just doing english give me a lowdown of this because i'm always impressed by the amount of especially non-Americans, the the quantity of languages that they speak and the, the fluency that they have with each of them. So English is the official language at Togo, I would say. Um, it, it's how we communicate. So the company was originally started in Estonia. There are quite a few uh, people from Estonia who work for the company, but there are also other big um, like countries where people come from. We have a, a large part of our team is in Brazil, many Brazilians. They probably speak... Uh, Portuguese when they're you know talking uh, between themselves, 
Mm. I, English is not my native language. I'm originally from Bulgaria. I still live in Bulgaria. Bulgarian is my native language. Mm. English is the only other language I can kind of speak on a, on some some level. I mean, as I have my very, all this very, very fluently. <laughs> very, <laughs> on some but, higher level <laughs> i uh i yeah i was just it was good to, it's good to mention to the audience too that we have quite a we have quite the diverse time zone um uh, attendees on this on this call today so we have um cody in japan which is uh, about nine sixteen p.m right now mm-hmm. on um thursday morning or thursday night for him I'm in the U.S., the central United States, so it is 7.16 a.m. Thursday morning. And then uh, it's, what, 2.16 p.m. for you? 3. 3. 3. Mm-hmm. 3.16 p.m. Three. And over in Bulgaria. So um, the fact that Cody likes to work late, I think, is the only reason why we're able to even have <laughs> <laughs> all meet up on this call. I'm sure you but, guys deal with that, too, though, at Toggle, right? I mean... It's yes. some uh, people are working weird hours, but uh, if you don't mind, then it's not a huge deal. Uh, yes. And I always like to say it, it, Togo is very, our culture is such is that we treat people as adults and they can figure out if, if a meeting is too late or too early for you, like you're not expected to join. But um, so we've actually split the mar- the weekly marketing meeting is split in two. So everyone can, can join at a time that fits them. But it was very surprising when a few weeks ago, uh, JC, who is a member of my of the marketing team, he jumped a meeting which was like a five a.m. or a six a.m. for him, something like that. But he's he's actually one of those people who I don't really understand who enjoy getting up very early and just like <laughs> having having a very productive morning. That's like so. I guess I should give him a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> Nice. It's like mine and Cody's relationship. It's funny because we've mentioned this before, but if, when I'm up at 5 a.m., it's like, oh, Jake's getting ready to go to the gym. Like I'm like normal. If I see if I like message Cody at 5 a.m., like let's just say it's it is it's 5 a.m. for him or something, and I see his little green chat bubble pop up on um on Google uh, chat, and then he responds, I go, oh no, that means he <laughs> didn't go to bed and he's still awake. <laughs> We rally. We rally. <laughs> yeah, it's always very frightening for me to see Cody up at five. Because that means because <laughs> Cody like his primary productive hours are like between ten p.m. and two a.m. Mm. And so if it extends past that to you know the hours that people like me are awake, that's scary. <laughs> this is it's it, it's very interesting that you mentioned this because we've kind of we try to embrace this at Toggle. Uh, we have uh, an internal initiative call, called uh, Raft Rafting is what we call it. It's an abbreviation, but don't ask me what it stands for. <laughs> no idea. But the idea is that we only look at results uh, and just you know getting getting stuff done. Uh, the hours don't count. We do track time internally uh, because we believe in eating our own dog food. So under, using the product, understanding what challenges it solves and so on. But there's no expectation that you have to put in certain hours or even that you have to re- like be on Slack 24-7, respond within five minutes to, to any Slack message. Uh, so it's up to everyone to kind of create their own schedule. As I said, you know, everyone is treated as an adult. Create your own schedule. Find the best time that that works for you, that makes you productive, and 
get stuff done, essentially. I love I like this so much. Said... Write it all down. <laughs> I like that you said treat everybody like adults because even in our job description, when we hire, we say, um, hey, we uh, we we treat you like an adult. So as long as you are one, we're not going to micromanage. Um, and that's kind of like our core philosophy. But even when this is kind of getting ahead of what we had planned, but even when we hire like full-time employees, we say, hey, uh, you know, full-time uh, here over here is uh, 40 hours a week, uh, typically. So for us, we say, you only have to track 32 hours. That's all you got to do. Um, so if you want to work Monday through Thursday, eight hours a day, and then on Friday, you just sit at your computer and watch Netflix, totally fine. Um, all that we ask you is that you give us uh, structured time in which we know we can contact you. Um, and then, you know, you'll be available. But if you're if you give us structured time and you don't do anything in that time except for respond to, you know, like, you know, a Slack message or something like that, totally fine. That's within your hours. But, yeah, we're not going to, you know, pester you at, you know, whatever it is your time. If, if you're not like telling us that's when your your typical work schedule is. Hey, Jake, um, so what, what are we talking about today, Jake? Did you say that? I didn't. No. Uh, <laughs> thank you for bringing it back. So um, the the working title, and we always have a working title for when we record these because it'll probably change by the time I upload it. But the working title is when is it necessary to track your time as, or in an agency, freelancer, or whatever you're you're doing. So Cody and I have talked about this multiple times where we say like one of the most important things is being, a, it's, it's not necessarily tracking our time. It's knowing the time um, input into the projects that, or the pro, the products that we've or the services that we've productized. So um, when we kind of coach other agencies or talk to other agencies, we we really hammer on the point that um, it's really hard to uh, know your uh, profitability and also uh, give yourself a reasonable pricing structure if you don't know the time that is going into those services. And so whatever time tracking tool you use, um, you have to be able to use it to just understand how much effort is going into the deliverables. Having said that, I, Cody, you've asked some preliminary questions for um, Ilya regarding um, just time tracking in general, and then we can get into some of the uh, the nitty gritty. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I want to like ask these before we start spewing our own Kool-Aid, right? Because we, we have some, we have takes on time tracking and opinions that we've developed over time. But I just, before we even got into that, I just wanted to ask like, what, what was your first experience with time tracking in, in the white collar environment or white collar setting? And what is your relationship to time and how do you feel about it? How has it developed since that point in time when it was first introduced to you? Um, I think it was when I first started uh, freelancing, doing some, some freelancing work on, on top of, like a full-time job I had at the time. Mm. And I think early on, um, I guess I have quite a, like a propensity to try and, you know, get data out of pretty much every activity. Um, I, I mean, I've been using, I used to have a, a, a Fitbit watch. I don't anymore, but I still use the Fitbit app because I've, I have like data about my weight from 2014, 15, something like that. <laughs> Uh, with some gaps in it, of course, but like mostly I have I have data. So I, I kind of try, try to quantify 
probably too many areas of, of my life. <laughs> yeah, just life in general. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and I guess my approach towards time tracking is, is similar. Um, and I've mostly been doing it uh, for a long time, um, both like on when doing f- work, like service work, whether it's freelancing or, or working for a company or doing some consulting work uh, or kind of having a background time tracker on my computer, which is kind of recording what I do, where I spend my time so I can see, am I spending too much time on Facebook and probably even a minute is too much time on Facebook nowadays. <laughs> I spend way too much time on Facebook and Cody knows it because every like every day I send him screenshots of just stupid posts that people <laughs> make and I just like, dude, look at this. <laughs> yep. Very familiar. Very familiar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it so, sounds like you've got a good relationship though with it doesn't put you in a bad place mentally. I say all this too. I'm just bringing it because I, I have a story for you that I don't know how to present a topic other than to share the full story. But I want you to finish first um, your thoughts before I, I hit you with it. Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, uh, not much more to add, but like I've been uh, tracking time on and off for for quite a long time now. Um, and I, I will stop here because I don't want to get in like too much detail about your question. When is When should you be tracking time as an agency or any type of service business, really? But my short answer to that would be always, uh, but we can get into <laughs> more detail around that in a minute. Cool. Okay. Yeah. This Jake, I don't even know if you know this story. This is, this will be a fun one. So, uh, the agency that Jake and I met at, um, I think at the time, I can't remember if it had been, it had already been acquired, but there was management shifts and that sort of thing. And, uh, a woman whose name I won't share, uh, was coming around and trying to, quantify and figure out the best uh way to how do i say this they weren't doing a good job up until that point of productizing the services internally they were selling them right and they were doing a good job with that but they weren't uh on the inside doing the things that they needed to to prevent um burnout having too too much work allocated to one person so i think the attempt was that you know let's try to quantify what each service is, how much time it takes for these people to accomplish them. And so anyway, so she gave us this, uh, uh, I'll say a packet, maybe a pamphlet. Uh, it's, it was a questionnaire and we were supposed to answer how long different tasks took us. And at the time I was on the SEO team and, uh, you know, I started going through it and then they got to the point of like, how long does it take you to write a blog post or something like that? And I just wrote in very big letters, I said, I don't know how long it takes me to be creative. <laughs> so I wrote no time, no hour estimate at all. And I turned it in and I later learned that um, my boss thought that was uh, simultaneously risky and uh, also hilarious. Um, so kind of my take was that I didn't know what was going on. I, there was no explanation. Somebody that doesn't work closely with us comes in and says, I need to know how long it takes you to do these things. And I'm like, why? What is your goal here? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get more productivity out of us? Are you just trying to get an estimate of how long these te- these things take? I don't know you. I don't trust you. I don't know what the consequences are of me filling this out and giving you this sort of information. As an employee, that's very scary, right? Um, when nobody gives you an explanation of what's going on or tries to 
um, soothe. I don't know if soothe is the word, but just explain what and why you're doing the things that you're doing related to time. Because I've been, you know, at the end of that agency, I was doing, you know, I was, I was the very common agency thing mm-hmm. of, I was doing 50 to 60 hour weeks and I was unhappy and, um, I wasn't getting paid 50 to $60, uh, money. <laughs> so, um, it, are you familiar with that environment? Are you familiar with that vibe? Does, does, is any of that completely new to you? And if not, how do you feel about it? I mean, of course, I'm both directly and indirectly because I have some agency experience as well uh, from from a similar environment. Uh, I mean, I've seen agency where you have like people, multiple people living within, and, and, and I'm not talking like a huge agency with hundreds of employees, small, like a 40 to 50, maybe even smaller team with like multiple people living in a week because the 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 economics of the agency are such that it kind of makes it impossible to do the work without um you know just kind of spending the 50 to 60 or even more hours uh, uh per week and then you know having like internal conversations which you know with the like the perspective of time now feel super toxic but like someone saying oh but it's like it would be much worse if you were working for a law firm or or something like that which doesn't make any sense because like none of us was even wanted to work for a law firm or even had a law degree so why 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 would you make such a comparison anyways uh that was a bit of a detour but (laughs) that's important that's important detours are great like we love detours so (laughs) the thing is i think these kind of environments arise when and i i realize how it sounds but it's when you don't have clear understanding of what's going on how long work work takes which parts of your process are ineffective this is where you get this kind of environment because you kind of you're flying with like a, a a patch on your eyes and you know you're trying to navigate and you have no idea what's going on so you it's kind of like a bumpy road, right? You're hitting, you're hitting uh, potholes and, and, and rocks uh, as you're, okay, switching the metaphor from flying to driving here. Um, so <laughs> let's, this use, is... let's use trains next time. <laughs> okay, I can try. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, bigger accidents, more risky, but sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is what you get. I, I have someone on my team, again, a story from my team, who used to work for a big agency doing email and email marketing specifically. And they would do time tracking because they needed to for invoicing and revenue recognition and so on. But they, do it, they did it in a very, very basic timesheets sort of way because of mm-hmm. how their workflow was set up. And it was it was a big, quite a big uh, organization with multiple units and so on. And she, whenever they got a new client and she had to do uh, like an email sequence or like a new set of emails for the client, her boss would ask, how long do you think that's going to take you? Like you've done tens, maybe even hundreds of these projects before. Give me like an estimate of how long you think it's going to take you so we can, you know, put it in a, a like a quote for the for the client and uh you know make it make it part of the of the proposal 
And she would say, I have no idea because sure, we have we have the timesheets and they, they were doing time tracking. It's not like they weren't, they were, but because they lacked the, the additional context around that, um, you know, uh, kind of splitting your data by, or splicing your data by, by client, by project, by type of project or type of work, she couldn't say, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, how you end up with, you know, under, under, under quoting and then having to spend the extra time, but that's not part of the estimate for the project. And this is where you started running into, into troubles. So, and after a while, sure, people, you know, uh, they kind of suck it up. They want to get the job done. Good people always do. They're ambitious. You know, they want to succeed. But after a while, they just get tired because they see nothing's improving and they leave. Mm-hmm. So I think this varies a lot from agency to agency. So I'm interested, not even necessarily agency, right? It can be any business that is involved with time tracking, but um, does Toggle focus on, or not even necessarily focus, do they take complete newbies and train them that have had no prior experience, maybe recent college graduates, or are they pretty much always hiring mid-career people who already have experience with time tracking? Because I think it's a different, it's a different explanation when you are already working with people who are on the same page Versus you get somebody who's completely new to time tracking and the purpose of it and what's going on. So does Toggle do both? Do they focus on one or, uh, you know, do you have, have you had anybody on your team who has been completely new and you've had to give them a, a full, you know, introductory explanation on what's happening with time tracking? Mm-hmm. Um, f- for sure. Yes. Uh, we, it, it's a mix. It really depends because Togo is a typical SaaS product company, so it really comes down to what kind of position we're looking to fill and what kind of skills or experience we need. So we have some very junior people who've never worked for an agency or they never they don't have any experience with time tracking or even with SaaS, but they bring some valuable skills from, from another area, whether that's hiring or some you know, engineering, coding, or product, product work, and so on. Even on the marketing team, there are people who don't have prior experience in SaaS, let's say. But if if they don't have an experience in SaaS, um, we usually look someone for someone who can bring agency experience because we that's super valuable to us. This is the main uh, uh, customer we want to serve. So having people who worked in an agency environment is always useful because they we see that they they speak the language they understand the challenges um, sometimes they they carry the battle scars as I as I just told you you know some of the, the stories uh, so that makes it uh, easier and and they again they're bringing something that we find really valuable cool okay I would, I want to ask a little bit more pointed questions just so I can get more of your your explanation and your philosophy on it. Pretend Jake and I are total newbies. We just mm-hmm. graduated college. We're how old are you when you graduate college, Jake? You're like twenty twenty-two. I was twenty-two. Yeah. Uh we are now young professionals. We're on your team and you say we have to start tracking our time, which we've never done before, other than I used to work third shift at Walmart, right? So I would go, I'd show up. I only I don't even remember if there was a clock punchy thing. I showed up when I was supposed to and I left when I was supposed to. And then now we need to actually do some sort of online clicky button thing. Explain to me why we're doing this. What's the purpose of it? Uh, for the purpose of the explanation, let's assume we're working at some some sort of knowledge service companies, what we call 
uh, either an agency consultancy it doesn't matter uh, the first thing i want to i would make clear right away is this is not used to uh you know kind of spy on you in in any in any way this is not the purpose of this so feel comfortable doing it you know just clocking as much time as it actually takes you to complete any type of uh, of work we're doing it for a few reasons first of all the, the really simple one is to take this time and put it in an, an invoice that we then send to to our clients and that's what keep the lights on that's what pays your salary and and so on then we're also using it to understand like are you working too much uh are we getting to a point where people have to spend what is unsustainable amounts of of time to kind of to complete the work um obviously like it will be very obvious if if you're not spending enough time as well so we can we can quickly address that in some cases uh this will allow us to spot that certain things take take a very long time uh which might mean that you know we hire someone or we delegate or we outsource this uh thing to 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 someone else or we buy some kind of software to help you with that and like have you spend less time on this low value things that that take a lot of time um and and after that uh you know we're getting into even more uh, uh interesting areas where we can say when a new client comes in we can give them a very accurate quote so we're not promising them you know essentially we're not promising them that you work 60 hour uh weeks to complete the work for them uh and an, on an even higher level because uh, sure sometimes you know there might be a deadline coming up so you might need to spend some extra time completing a project but we don't know we don't want this to turn into an ever going thing so this data kind of gives us early signal early warning that we need to start hiring more people or we need to start doing sales and bringing in more clients so we don't get to a point where we don't have enough time for everyone on the team that's yeah. that's how I would explain it to to someone who's who's just getting started with I like that. So like we, I mean, we have kind of had that same talk with uh, our employees when we first started, which is um, there's two sides of the coin, right? There's like, there's the full-time employees who are salary and, you know, we don't really care how much you track um, to an extent. Like you said, it's, it's very obvious if you're not spending any time doing things. Um, But, you know, not to like a micromanage standpoint where it's like, you know, Hey, you didn't clock exactly 32 hours. You didn't clock exactly 40 so, sorry uh, to interrupt you, but it becomes obvious not from the time tracking data. It becomes obvious from the productivity. You know, yeah, work yeah. not being delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're kind of yeah we're we're very like the same way. Like if the work's not being delivered and you're you know only putting twenty hours a week in, like uh, you've got a lot more allotment here. But if the work's being delivered and you know only twenty hours is going into it, great. That means that we can. Um, you know, have more accurate insight into our pricing and or the hours needed for that product. But for like part timers, for instance, like we pay by the hour for part timers. So it's like, yeah, in that case, you got to meet your your time requirements uh, because they can you can request, you know, hey, I want to work five more hours uh, a week. Okay, well, I'm not going to pay you five more hours a week if you're only putting in ten hours if as a part timer. 
but for full time, it's a different story. Having said that, what I actually wanted to to kind of get into was when you mentioned it allows you to know when you either need to purchase software to kind of help speed things up or to hire. Um, that's a really big thing for us. So we actually closed our doors for accepting new clients until September. And we did this back in April because uh, the way that we productize our services allows for us to have an internal billable hourly rate, which we've talked about in this podcast before, of $125 per hour. If our management fee is $500, that means we allot four hours of time to any particular client in any given month across all the team members. So if somebody is assigned an account, that means that person essentially has four hours assigned to them. But typically, we can get that done in two hours uh, in a month. However, uh, Cody kind of brought this concept to Evergrow about the total pool of billable hours available based on how many clients we have versus our actual labor inventory and um, and how much people can work. Um, Can I pause you for one second? Because I think we're going to yes. confuse a lot of people. If So <laughs> when we product as a service too, it's important to also take into consideration when you set a time allocation for whatever that is, right? You need that to be all-encompassing, right? If, if you're spending two hours on maybe the intensive labor portion, you also still need to factor in buffers for, is this a needy client? Are we communicating with them frequently? Like, is, the, is there going to be literally two hours of emails every month? Um, in addition to that, you know, what other things surrounding the client um, might need extra time? And if you are productizing that you're able to wiggle between two accounts because one is more demanding and, and it's needed to get them to the performance that they need to be. And as the owner of the agency, you need to start factoring that in and know that you, you're using those estimates. I know this is the best way I can say it is that I had a boss who told me this once, and this this was the best way. The best way that I heard it as an employee was she said, "This is how long we take. We estimate, you know, that it takes you to do this based on what we've done and whatnot. If you do it faster, great. You're not going to be punished for that." There are some places and agencies that if you work faster than what the estimate is, they're going to give you more work and nothing more for it. That sucks, right? <laughs> nobody nobody likes that. That's not a good place to be in. But also as the owner, if you find somebody like that and you see that, oh, maybe this person in some way or other is an exception, that then you can do a few things. You can compensate them accordingly. You can give them you know, something else that is more important to them that isn't necessarily money. But anyway, I digress. That was the offshoot. I just want to make sure that nobody got confused when they're like, well, why aren't you just charging two hours for it? Because you also have to factor in those other things too. It's not just, you know, direct workload because if you're not factoring in that other time, you're going to bury yourself quickly. And that's how you end up at 60 hours a week plus. Well, there are times where we go over that four hours. We go six hours or seven hours, but then we've always that's a simpler way to, to explain it. Yeah. I've <laughs> always communicated to our team like, hey, but if that's consistent, then we have a problem with that particular client. But the whole, well, the whole purpose was, Cody, I was going to go into the, the labor hour resources. So basically, we calculated how many labor hours that we had in our pipeline based on the amount of clients that we have and their management fee and our internal, internal bill, billable rate. And what we found out was that we were at 120% capacity, which means that for all our labor inventory, for if you know we have one part-timer working 20 hours a week and then one part-timer working 15 hours a week, and that's a collective 35 hours a week. So in a month times four divided by the number of 
clients that we have at our internal billable hourly rate, we're exceeding what we have in inventory by 120%. It's time to hire. And uh, of course, we also look into, we utilize a profit first system in terms of uh, actual revenue. Um, not sure if you're familiar with it, but basically we have walls between our accounts on um, how much money can go into payroll every month, how much money can go into profit, and we segment things like that. And so if the payroll ceiling is uh, not reached and we are exceeding, what is it, 80% of billable hours? Um, for, in what instance? You're talking about payroll? Uh, you have, you don't allow, so this is another concept. Cody doesn't allow, or we don't allow, Cody, you brought this concept <laughs> to the table. Uh, we, we want to make sure that our, our, our employees don't have a hundred percent of their hours consumed by client work. Yes, yes, yes. Um, cause that leaves no time for meeting. I mean, it leaves no time for personal development, no time for anything. And so, um, you, you said it's, it's 80%, correct? That's what we use. 80%. That way you still have 20% for... Uh, internal time. Now, a funny thing is I remember I was talking to a Googler once. I'm on, this is another tangent, but they said, Google's always big about what is it? They say like, oh, you should have, you know, what is it? 10 hours a week or whatever to be able to dedicate to your own thing and your own time and stuff. And he said, so we work 40 hours a week and then we spend an extra 10 hours on our own thing. (laughs) (laughs) Implying that Google doesn't actually care. You're still going to work a full, you know, a full-time job doing the full workload. And then all your fun stuff is still needed and it's on top of the normal hours that you work. But yeah. I just thought that was funny because it's Google and they're supposed to be, you know, the <laughs> the shining example, right? Yeah. So all this to say that it really, it was just, I wanted to, to illustrate to the audience how important time tracking is for us, not only determining our pricing structure and making sure that we're remaining profitable, but also helping us determine when we need to hire. Um, and it's, it's a huge component in that. And, um, that's what we're looking to do between now and, uh, August. So, but yeah, that was kind of a tangent, <laughs> but Cody, I know you had more questions, correct? But Ilya, I, I also don't want to, uh, if you got something to say too, I don't want to just, if you don't got anything, just cut this. us off and be like, shut <laughs> that up was, guys. That listen. was, that was great. <laughs> I was just happy to, to sit back and, and just listen because it's, it's music to my ears. Um, <laughs> You mentioned the the 80%. Is that the time that you want to end up on an invoice? Is that how you think about it? So Uh, we, short answer, no, right? Uh, Short answer, because we, there is no short answer to this one. There's only a long answer with a story. Um, The second agency that I worked at, which I liked a lot, and there was a lot of good things that I loved about it and I really appreciated. And I I really have nothing bad to say about them. Something that I was taught there is a phrase that was repeated often, which was uh, our hours are our inventory, right? So as an agency, you don't have physical inventory like an e-commerce or, you know, a retail business. What you do have is time and that's how you're Mm -hmm. selling it. So they sold on a retainer and they used the retainer model. And it was very direct in saying to clients, this is how much of your time we estimate and how much you're buying from us. And that's how much we're going to dedicate to, uh, you know, your, your account or that sort of thing. And, um, would they actually a, show it at the end of the month? Would they kind of, when they send the invoice, would there be any mention of how much time was actually spent? They didn't, but they would check quarterly. And then if there was a misalignment, they would come back and say, Hey, you either wanted two things. We haven't been charging you enough, so we need to, mm-hmm. you know, bump up moving forward. Or 
look, we, we don't have to dedicate this much time to your account. We can go down a little bit. So it was kind of just like a, it wasn't a formal process. And at the time it was a much smaller agency too. So wouldn't surprise me if they've changed it by now, but um, that's kind of how they did it. But we, we productize the service. So all the time tracking stuff is purely internal for us on our end. We don't relay that directly to the client. It's just so we can determine what is um, viable for us too. Cause something that's big for us is mutual profitability. There's a lot of people go into the agency space and you know, they say, well, somebody told me I have to charge this much in order to be profitable. So that's what I started my service at. And Jake says all the time, he's like, okay, well, can your market support that? Are people willing to pay that much? So finding the equilibrium between, okay, you figure that out internally. You determine the process, how much time it takes you and that sort of thing, then package it and sell it as a value prop. So people know that what they're getting, it's just, it's in a way, I guess that I could just say it's value billing, right? Um, they're buying the product. They're not buying the time directly. We take care of that internally, but there's not a direct transparency of that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Yep. You can, um, you can fight us too. You can be like, look, I don't like it no. guys. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. Um, it's, I would say that you actually own one of the higher levels of High levels of consciousness when it comes comes to agency work and, and time tracking because I've had multiple conversations with agency owners and agency operators who like I ask them, are you tracking time? What are you using for time tracking? And they're like, oh, we don't need to because we bill by the project. Or and when I hear this, I'm like feeling sorry, generally feeling sorry for the people who work for the agency because I yes. know how billing per uh, project goes when you're not tracking time. Uh, so it's um, what I would say is you don't need to follow a specific pricing model when it comes to service work. There are m- many different pricing models. Um, you know, billing by the hour is just one of them. Probably not even that popular anymore. I, f- I feel like most um, service companies have now moved away from billing by the hour, either by you know retainer, project, value-based uh, billing. Um but nevertheless, you always kind of, you, you, you want to in- understand what the inputs are and, and the way you sort of, like if you were selling widgets, you would track your inventory. And it's the same w- when your inventory is actually time. Why wouldn't you track it and kind of use the, the data it gives you? Mm-hmm. Write yeah. that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Um, I think... Uh... I, I, so we use, we've used a multitude of tracking tools and, and Evergrow just to try to try to figure out, you know, what works best for us. And we had ultimately switched to ClickUp for our, our primary, uh, well, project management tool. And then it has a time tracker built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a few things that I hate about it. Um, for the record, one, Jenny doesn't like it either. I asked her about it. Oh, does she use ClickUp too? Yeah, yeah. They use ClickUp, but she said like, look, it's not, it's not great. Right. So I think yeah. everybody has something that they don't like about theirs, but I'm going to shut up. I had, I had coffee before this one. I think people probably can tell based on how much I PM. normally talk. And uh, yeah, I was like, ah, come on, let's go. We got to be ready for this. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to. One thing I'm curious time, about, but, and maybe maybe this is where the coffee will, will help uh, to answer this is we see that ClickUp is super popular with agencies. And I'm just from your own perspective, what is it that makes ClickUp such a good fit for for this use case specifically um 
I I think it's with uh, like for time tracking or for project management. Uh, both project management because I think most agencies start from like no one gets ClickUp for time tracking; they get it for project management, right? And then mm-hmm. time tracking comes on top. Yeah. So uh, for yeah, so yeah, the the time management that was kind of like just a value add. Like I was like, I don't care about um, their time tracking unless I'm already using the platform. Then and then like yeah, why not add the time tracking? Um, so what's great about ClickUp and the reason why I wanted to switch to ClickUp in the first place was because we used, uh, Asana for a little bit, like right before Cody joined Evergrow, um, as a partner. And then, um, then I switched to, uh, actually no, then we switched to Basecamp. Yeah, we had Basecamp for a while. Um, and then, and then we went from Basecamp to ClickUp. And the biggest reason why we made the jump to uh, ClickUp and away from Basecamp is because uh, Base Basecamp is really meant for like the like the retainer model, the boutique agencies, the the, the hourly uh, stuff. Where um, we're a very productized, templatized agency, so we need the templates to auto-populate. We need automations. We need um, you know the reoccurring tasks to show up, and and Basecamp doesn't have the capability. Whereas ClickUp is basically built, it's it's not just like I, I call Basecamp a product. It's it's a it's an organization tool. It's a team organization tool. Whereas like ClickUp is actually a productivity tool. Um, so a, a project management productivity tool. So every single month we can have our tasks and our subtasks auto-populate with the fields that we need and the people that are assigned to it. We can create templates. We can push those to different lists and in client folders. And then it comes with just like a bunch of other goodies, like like reporting on the different tags and custom fields that you have, and then some like you know milestones and and things like that. You can even add like you know have Gantt charts for for timelines, and it is it was a lot of features packed into a re- relatively low price. And as a small agency, th- that's really important. So um, we pay for our ClickUp. So they have the free model, which a lot of people use. Uh, we've got a friend who's on the podcast who has a almost $3 million agency and he's still, they're still on the free version of ClickUp. Uh, we pay because we like the automations, but ultimately that's how we use it. We used um, Clockify to track time for a while, but then uh, moved away from that and just used native ClickUp. But the one thing I liked about Clockify that ClickUp doesn't have is in ClickUp, you can't start a timer without it being associated to a task. So you have to go and locate the task first start the timer and then and then you're good from there where sometimes at an agency you're just you're task switching so much you just want to hit the timer and then you'll deal with assigning the task later that that was like number one for me so um that's probably yeah that's number one reason why i hate ClickUp <laughs> timing <laughs> there's another one that i also don't like and it's the reporting for the time tracked tasks is not great so from a management standpoint, it just seems like you don't have much control over how you can like create like pivot tables and just like see where time is going into certain uh, areas. And if you do figure out a way to control that, it always just seems like it's full of bugs and we can't and like the reporting just doesn't show everything that's there. And it just seems like it's kind of all over the place. So one, I wanted to see how uh, if if Toggle could solve both of those issues and at the same time, like one of the reasons why we like doing using ClickUp is because it ties directly to the task at hand in the project management software where everything is stored. So I wanted to ask you if there's some kind of like integration or like how can how can Toggle 
solve, you know, for in this example, our needs? Mm -hmm. um, I think it can solve all three, actually, because Togo also has a, a free plan, which in my opinion is is quite generous. Uh, so maybe your friend who's still on the on the free version of ClickUp would find the, the free version of Togo just as just as useful. I was uh, looking. It, I was looking at. It, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so much. There's so much on this free plan." Did we say? Did yep. we mention that I used to use Toggle too? Was that ever uh, actually not on here? this? Not on this podcast. No. Okay. Yeah. So Toggle was the first uh, first one that I had ever used when it came to time tracking too. And when you started saying all the other things that they did now too, I just in my head I was like, I had no idea. Like I, I had no idea that you also had like working on project management, then also some sort of HR, right? Like you said, mm -hmm. um, I had no idea any of that was happening. So that's cool. Yeah, you, you're definitely not the only one. Uh, as I said, like Togo is mostly known for uh, track, and and in fact, track used to be just Togo. Uh, like plan and hire uh, came later. They were uh, acquired uh, tools, and they were brought under the same uh, brand, and that's when. It went from just toggle to toggle track versus toggle plan, toggle hype. Uh, but just to just to go back and, and answer the questions that Jake raised, uh, starting a timer uh, just without any task or any project or any client assigned to it, it's just very simple. It's something that toggle does. And, and finally, uh, integration-wise, there is an integration. We have something called uh, the, the you know the browser plugin. Um, it has a Chrome version. Not sure about a Firefox one. I believe we I have. I think one. I'm. Uh, I was looking on your website. It looks like it does have a Firefox integration. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, I know the Chrome plugin just got um, a major. Uh, you know, it, it it was essentially redone, so it's like a brand new, really uh, improved uh, version of it. Uh, it in integrates with over 100 different tools. ClickUp is is one of them. We, you know, we we talk to a lot of people who who use ClickUp. Uh, I know the sales team quite often talks to, to to people coming from actually using ClickUp. Getting a lot of people start with the ClickUp time tracking for a while. It's fine; it does the job. But as soon as they want to do more complicated things with their data, they see that ClickUp is just not able to support that. And we get we have many conversations, and we have many customers who come from you know the experience of using the time tracking inside ClickUp, and they want something more, so they come and start looking at uh, Toggle Track. Um, so this is where the the plugin that I mentioned, the browser plugin, comes in. It makes it fairly easy to pull your data from. For now, unfortunately, it's just one way. So you're pulling your data from ClickUp into Toggle but you can still organize it uh, and kind of quickly record a lot of the data about what task this uh, time was spent on, what project, what client, uh, add tags to it, if you like, uh, and have this in, in Toggle. Another major reason why people switch from for time tracking specifically from ClickUp to, to Toggle or kind of supplement their experience in ClickUp with Toggle is exactly the reporting. Um, our current reporting lets you do a lot more with your data. And I'm going to share a little, let's say, secret here, but we're looking at another major revamp of the reporting um, feature inside Toggle, which will allow you to do even more and a lot more with your data. 
write that down write that down too <laughs> yeah i like i like so i i i love um collecting data now even if we're not using it for the future and so cody knows this all the time where i'm like we need to add product codes in stripe which is our payment collector because we'll need it in the future and uh, like we're, we're small enough now to where we don't have to worry about a lot of this stuff but having this data from years back like we always call ourselves a data focused agency so if we're not collecting the data now what are we doing and i i look and click up reports um, and how things are structured and just the the very limited data that i can get from them and like i love ClickUp as a project management tool but it's time tracking and it's reporting is just terrible so i was looking at i was doing some research on toggle and i was looking at some of the reporting that you guys can pull and it's kind of blown away like like it's it's really cool like i i even downloaded the free version of it like they're the free uh, the free version but the, the trial mm-hmm. and just started playing around with it and uh i was like this is so much more user-friendly than than using uh click now so for sure and and you can pull the data out of it either as a csv if you want to look at it in your favorite spreadsheet too um or you can build on top of it with the api and kind of connect to other and we have uh customers big customers who who do exactly this they track time in in toggle track and they pull the data into another tool such as an erp or or something similar uh just to kind of uh, do even more with that data cool do you have a plan to do um two-way integration with anything uh we do have uh i think the the one with Jira just got launched as well, or is about to launch. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but oh, it's okay. it's like a major revamp of our um, native integration. We do have native integrations. There are quite a few more in the works as well. And we're also building, we, we actually launched a last year, or earlier this one, um, a much deeper integration with our uh, planning to plan, which kind of now allows you to... Uh, put a like an estimate or a budget a time budget for your for for how long you think something will take then track your time and kind of use that data to adjust these uh estimates that you're doing which is something that's really interesting and and really useful for service businesses we believe yeah kind of want to explore a toggle plan now <laughs> like i didn't i like cody i had no idea that toggle plan was a thing but you're, you're piquing my interest that's cool I was going to mention too, this is a slight offshoot. This is a risk. It could get completely derailed. But when you were talking about, Jake, when you were talking about the project management and stuff, I think something that people don't realize is that there's a, there is a, there is, there are, there are a billion of them out there and they all have minor differences and stuff. But I think what people don't know is that very few of them are actually built for a conveyor belt type system. All of them kind of sell the customizable, you know, oh, you can do this and this and this. And then, you know, if you need to handle this one-off thing, you can. But for somebody like us, right, or, or somebody else who has truly productized a service where it is a lot of copy and paste, um, and then like on a repeat basis, we didn't actually have that many options when we were looking around. We kept, we would go through and we test them and we narrow them down and then find out, oh, well, actually it didn't have this one feature that we needed. Um I don't want to, I don't want that to become a whole focus of this, but just wanted to say too, like the reason why I mentioned that is because there are a lot of, I mean, a lot of people running businesses who it seems like a goal for them to consolidate as many tools as they possibly can and say, 
oh, if we can combine this, then, you know, that's great. Because if we don't have to have it separate, then it's one less bill we have to pay. But to me, what's it matter, right? What is ultimately at, at the end of the day, how big of a deal is it really if that tool does exactly what you need it to do? It's just one more thing. I mean, I get it, but there is an equilibrium between, look, if it is critical and it is important, then just take the time to learn it and then teach your team because there are major advantages to it. And I say that you, you say something other than time tracking or something like that. And I might be like, nah, I changed my mind. But I do think that um, that's something that's important to think about too. And instead of, you know, it, tools, digital tools, if this is your business and, and online service business is kind of what you do, it's what you do. So I hope that you, you know, know all of them very well and you find out an optimal way to do it, even if it is slightly more complicated because that's your business. So if it's complicated, it should be because that's what you're doing. <laughs> anyway, speech over, rant over. <laughs> this is great. Just something something to add. Um, I, I'm a big fan of a focus, um, especially when it comes to like product development and just overall direction and vision. Um, and, and I know there are many like time tracking and especially project management, super saturated, super competitive markets. You have big beasts, especially in project management. And in, in such an environment, I think you as a, as a company and as a product, you can win by narrowing down and going after a specific niche, which is still big enough to support a viable business but you build something specific, specifically for them. And I don't know, honestly, I don't think that ClickUp is built for agencies. I know a lot of agencies and service businesses use ClickUp, but I don't know if... I, the reason why it's so popular is because I don't think there's a project management tool which is only for, for agencies. And if you're like a SaaS and you get it, it's not going to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you, Stripe. Like how you should approach it. <laughs> Yeah. You hear that, Stripe? Uh, Stripe, are you listening? That's how I feel yeah, about Stripe. There's they're... a lot of tools out there that like are great, but they're not specifically for things. Like go high level, probably like the first um, CRM that's dedicated towards agencies, but you're still lacking the project management side. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, I think this kind of covered everything we wanted. I mean, I, Ilya, uh, Ilya, I feel like I could talk to you forever. Uh, we're already over in the yeah, hour. Easy to here. talk to. This is nice <laughs> and fun. You did, uh, did, wait, you had an offer. You had a special offer though for our listeners. Was that true? Yes. Giving them for, okay. He says, I'll he let says, you say no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> like, ah, well, we're cutting that out. So Everbros listeners can use the discount code Everbros um, to get a 20% off on an annual plan. Um, if, if they're a new customer, I have to, um, uh, make that clear uh but that's already on top of the the usual discount they get for for an annual plan so it's a it's a very nice way to kind of uh, get started with uh the premium offerings of toggle yeah that's awesome that nice. that's super generous yeah Ilya, he didn't know Thank that you. he was going to be the one saying that he figured that we probably would because that would be the smart thing to do but we threw it back at him so that was nice <laughs> no worries no worries <laughs> i just wasn't sure about the, the the exact discount code but i think i got it right um you did. hopefully we can mention it in the show notes as well yes uh I, I it'll be down in the show notes so and and that will be live for uh three months after the show airs so at you know right mm -hmm. when you're listening to this you can look at the show the show release date and it'll be three months after that 
but uh but yeah and and everbros we're not um getting anything for this this is literally just out of the out of the goodness of Ilya's heart just for coming on to uh allow no, just allow mine him. the whole team yeah <laughs> just Ilya. yeah <laughs> he's but. carrying the team on his back <laughs> uh Ilya, do you have any any parting words that you wanted to uh, let our audience know um before we uh we close up shop here uh i really enjoyed this uh i feel like i've learned a lot which which is always like a great sign and i really enjoy uh in case uh any of your listeners want to share something whether it's feedback or some challenges i'm always kind of curious to hear um they can find me on on Probably LinkedIn is the best uh, place uh, nowadays or, or Twitter just by typing my name. Um, and I'm like very happy to connect with, you know, people who work for agencies or who run agencies uh, and just learn from their experience. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll put your, I'll put your uh, LinkedIn profile in the, uh, and, and Twitter profile in the, uh, in the show notes as well. So people can connect with you uh, quicker. Awesome. Um, but yeah, well, Ilya, thanks for jumping on this uh, this podcast with us. We really enjoyed having you on here and, and talking about something that you know we really care about in our agency, and, and it's probably the number one thing, number two thing, besides how awesome we are, that makes our agency so <laughs> successful. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it, as I said, and I mean, it. Cool. awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you.